Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Mac and Forth Show. My name's Carl Mann and we're here once again to talk about the week's Apple and tech related news and joining me once again, Alan Vickers. How are you, sir? I am very, very well, Carl. I have had a great stress-free week on iOS 10.3.3 beta 5. Well, well, that's no good, is it? <laughs> I've, I've, I've been proud of myself. I've avoided the temptation to have another go at iOS 11. <laughs> How are we going to get content for the show if you just lift this life of carefully, carefree attitudes and stuff? That's no good. I know. But I also know, because I know myself well, I'm not going to last long. I will cave. I'll probably cave this week sometime, I think. <laughs> a lot of people, actually, a lot of people, I, I listen to various shows, and a lot of people have gone up to 11. Um, and they seem quite happy with it. it, was, it I think... Didn't you say as well, you sent me a message saying they've addressed the multi-touch error bug that you was getting? Yeah, iOS 10.3.3, the beta 5, fixed this problem, which only existed in the 10.5 iPad Pro, which is where multitasking would only work with Apple apps. So, you know, most of the apps I use aren't Apple apps, so I couldn't really use multitasking until they put out this beta 5, and now it's all fixed. I'm all back to normal, and it's it's like the best. It's now the best iPad I've ever had, and it's still on iOS 10. It's fantastic, so quick, so responsive. So, so what's going to push you up? Like, what's going to make <laughs> you take that leap again? Because it wasn't really the issue. That was the that was the tr- reason you tried to go back, wasn't it? Because you was having you couldn't get access to any of the third party apps. Well, no, that that problem was what pushed me away from 10. Because back then I was on iOS. Uh, 10.3.3 beta 4 and it had this bug so it's useless if i couldn't use yeah. multitasking so i thought well i've got nothing to lose famous last words <laughs> i've got nothing to lose by moving to ios 11 <laughs> of course i had everything to lose because the problem i had there was my um anything to do with my apple id just wouldn't work so oh yes yeah i was completely crippled and i'm a bit worried because i've trawled the internet and i can't find anyone else reporting a similar problem so I don't know what happened, and I don't know, therefore, if it will you know, fail to happen again. It might just happen every time I try. Maybe it's something on my account that's bad. <laughs> that, um, iTunes, is, with the inclusion of two-factor authentication now, I used to be quite confident about telling people what to do with various errors on iTunes. Uh, sorry, iCloud and things like this. Now, I'm a bit dubious about opening my mouth on any of this stuff, because... yeah. If they haven't got certain things turned on or if they've got like different sign-ins for different services, I, I think I don't want to suggest anything now, thank you very yeah. much, because whatever I say is going to be wrong. I think the problem with iCloud as well, it, it's got such a checkered history, you know, some problems along the mm-hmm. way. And it's so it's such an overloaded term now, isn't it? Because the brand iCloud gets applied to so many different things and it's just confusing to people. And I know whenever I talk to my parents about um, setting up their iPad or their iPhone and I talk about iCloud, I can hear them immediately clam up. They just close. (laughs) They don't want anything to do with iCloud. It confuses them. They don't know what it is. They know that it keeps asking them for money because there's not enough space to back up and things like that. They haven't really got a clue what it is. I think Apple would do itself a favour by producing some kind of educational, easy-to-absorb educational literature on what iCloud really is and how it can help you in your in your iOS life. Yeah, I mean, I've, my most noticeable uh, interaction with it recently is I my credit card ran out, uh, yeah. so I had to put in my new details. And I thought, okay, fair enough, blah, blah, blah. But then for weeks afterwards, 
I was continuously being asked for my idea of my password again, yeah. again and again. I was thinking, I've entered this like 20 times. Now, for some reason, it's totally stopped. It doesn't ask me for ages. Huh. But also, I've got, I've had a, a few issues with iTunes lately. Uh, some tracks will just not sync Ooh. to the cloud. And it doesn't, it just gives you a little opaque little cloud symbol with a little, like, <laughs> a serrated, kind of serrated, like, outline of a cloud. Yes. Uh, but that image has two meanings, <laughs> if you look in the documentation. So what? how the hell am I meant to work out what one it means? I think one means it cannot sync, and one means it's already synced that song. Yeah. But I can't find that song. <laughs> and I've never had that issue before. Um, so it, it's weird. It's not, it, you know, it's only a few songs. It's just mm-hmm. um, I went in and tried to be clever. I thought when I, was, when I got a new, I found a, an iPod. Nano, an old one. I thought, oh, I'm going to convert some of my songs to real MP3s, yeah, and then sync them up, and and that's when it all went started to go wrong for me, because I, I I don't know what the hell I was doing to tell you the truth, because um because <laughs> you know I'm on I'm on subscriptions, so I just grab the music from from uh, iCloud or iTunes and uh, Apple Music, I should say. Mm-hmm. See, I don't even know what to call it now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and it all syncs up and it's all perfect and stuff. So now I'm, I'm I kind of understand where people have got their own music lists, like live live concerts and things like this that they've named themselves. Why it could be a bit of an issue for them? Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, didn't Apple have some iCloud related issues during the week? Because I saw a lot of people complaining that. <laughs> iMessage wasn't working for a while, which is pretty fundamental. You know, globally, there was some issue with iMessage. And I had, um, well, my wife and I both at separate times had a sort of a disturbing message pop up, like the two-factor authentication um, message that pops up and says, someone's trying to use your account from, you know, London or whatever. Um, Please tap allow or or disallow, because we disallowed it. Um, Now, I know that happens, like, you know, when you set up a new device or you wipe clean yeah. and start again or or when you just log in fresh to iCloud on a browser it, it'll send you those nice messages and you it's easy to approve such access well neither of us were touching our devices while this happened and yet i don't think it was a genuine hack attack of any sort so i think there was a, some sort of glitches going on on the iCloud back end this week yeah i mean it's a trouble that's the trouble with modern day society we come to rely on these things and of course they computers they don't always work technology fouls time yeah. and time again but we become more and more reliant on these darn things. Uh, so, you know, be it be it a genuine mistake or an actual hack, we're we're all at its mercy. It yeah. seems. Yeah, and uh, it's scary to a certain extent. But you know, we're not. I'm not going to go back to pen and paper and, and rocks and, and sticks and stones. And stuff. That ain't going to happen. So, so uh, um, you're still on iOS 11, aren't you? On your iPad? Uh, iPad Mini. Oh yeah. yeah. Are you uh, persevering with it, or have you stopped using it? Well. Yeah, like I say, the only issue I had with it is I can't do all the slide-out stuff. I can just do hover windows and things like this. Mm. It's always having an issue with Plex. And it's, I kind of worked it out now. For some reason, if you press to stream a movie, it will just it will, it will start caching it in the background, but it won't play. So, if, mm. But if you press pause and then play straight away, it starts fine. Um, so I have no idea what's going on there. But it's obviously something they're going to fix yeah, when it officially yeah. drops. I'm not on... I'm not on any of their test flight stuff, so I'm not going to get any advanced beta software from third-party developers or anything like that. So no. I'm pretty much stuck until September. Yeah, well, I think I will wait for them to release uh, public beta 2 and give it another go. But this time I might, I, might, <laughs> I might do it on my old iPad Air 2 instead, just to be a bit more cautious. We just You just got to make sure. Look, last time you just didn't have the software to back up to go back. 
Mm. which is yeah. now there. So that was the biggest issue last time. That was with the brown trousers. Yeah, exactly. Um, moment. So I'd just be talking about wasting a few hours rather than working myself into a panic that I was really, really, I'd really bricked my machine, which I thought I had for a few a few short hours. It was very worrying. Yeah, it was. It can be. I know. I know. <laughs> That's the one, like when I fixed, put that SSD in my old iMac, that turning on part. Never had that boom taken <laughs> so long to appear. God, heart in your mouth time. It's terrifying, terrifying. Oh, well. um, and yet, I think back to when I used to build PCs, and I'd think nothing of it. I wouldn't even bother grounding myself most of the time. But yeah, whack that in, whack that in. Motherboard, chip, glue. <laughs> done. Oh, dear. Uh, I see you've been playing with Affinity Photo going by your notes in this week's document. Yeah, it just dawned on me uh, yesterday, actually. Something weird happened, because I, I bought Affinity Photo for Mac when it was on sort of half-price offer many, many months ago. And sure, you know, you can appreciate how powerful it is, but I did find it confusing. It's a hell of a complicated user interface. <laughs> and they use strange terms, don't they, like um, personas and workspaces. Yeah. All, all these strange things. And you've got this like sidebar on the right, which is like a multi-level sidebar. And in each level of it, you've got tabs as well. So there's all this kind of drilling down you've, you've got to do. And I never could really get my head around it. But uh, when they brought out Affinity Photo for iPad... Um, I bought that while it was nineteen ninety nine on on offer, and I got into that. It's so, it's sort of so much clearer the interface. They've jiggered things about a bit, obviously, because it's a smaller screen and it's all touch based. But all all the functions are there. Everything's there, um, but it's it's laid out more logically. And I found that what happened was I, I tend to do things like. Um, you know, get a picture of somebody off the internet, some celebrity or something like that, and I like to do good selections around their their hairline and their face and all that, and, and pull them out of that picture and put them against some funny backdrop and do a caption, that, you know, that kind of thing, messing around. And it's great with the Apple Pencil and um, the, the way Affinity Photo's clever refined selection tool works. It's just like magic sometimes. And it's really brilliant. Mm. And then I would, um, you know, maybe turn it into black and white, put it on a different background, all these things, you know, and it involved messing with lots of different parts of the interface. Well, yesterday I, I needed to do some work on the Mac and I fired up Affinity Photo on the Mac. And even though it's laid out differently, I just kind of knew now what I was looking for. I, I had a model in my head from using the simpler iPad version. I knew what I was going to do and I just ploughed through it. You know, I didn't have to consult any manual or any, any help videos, which I was trying to do before. I thought that's weird, really, that these, these, this really powerful application, it's almost too powerful on the Mac. They take advantage of it too much. They put too much interface on the screen all at once. And I think there's something a bit more elegant about the way they've done it on iPad. I mean, yeah, I was in a very similar uh situation because i've had it on the mac for since it was released basically um and i've never really played with it it's, it's just been sitting there because i've always just gone back to photoshop even though i yeah. i use i must use about 20 percent of what photoshop can do <laughs> and then just let the other eight percent go to waste but um yeah as soon as i i i spent 20 quid on that app for the iPad. And I thought, right, 20 quid. I'm learning how to use this sucker because <laughs> yeah. that's a lot of money for an iPad application. <laughs> but so, yeah, yeah, I was sitting there playing with the pencil. And, of course, the application has a load of built-in um, how-to videos as well. It does, which is fantastic. Yeah. yeah, so you can follow them. Now, did you know on the Apple TV you can get Affinity – I'm not actually sure the name of it, but there's a, an Affinity Classroom thing where there's awesome. so many – uh, how-to videos on it on the apple tv 
No, I didn't know that. I'll look that up. Yeah, I've, I've looked at the yeah, section on video. Yeah, because yeah, it's probably the same stuff. It's, but yeah, it's fantastic. But it shows you really quickly and easily how to take how to do some very basic Photoshop stuff, and then moves on to some more of the complicated stuff as well. So um, you can mm. see how to doctor, like you know, use the verb Photoshop many yeah. different photos without you in fact it's gotten to such a stage now where i am thinking i'm going to run them together for the next two months or so mm. and then i'm going to make a decision do i really need photoshop every month that i'm giving them yeah. like a tenner i think it is because if i can do everything on affinity i've paid for that i don't need to pay for it again yeah exactly so uh, the only thing i will miss is all the little applications that i get because of my <laughs> my subscription my um adobe um id uh, on on the iPad, so that's a bit. Oh of a pain. yeah, those little mini apps. Yeah, you have to have an Adobe account mm. to use them, don't you? Mm. So I, I no, might I'm miss. Very impressed them, with. But... I think I think for the kind of use that the likes of you or I put this stuff to, I think Affinity is more than enough, really, and it's a one-off cost to buy it, and then you're done. Well, of course, the true test is to let like professional have a go of it and see what they can do. But again, mm. it's always that. It's always that barrier. Like I've know I know how to use this software, so I'm going to use this software. If anything's different, that's just wrong. Rather than yeah. you know, just to see if it's actually better, because we don't want to waste our time with that. Yeah, we yeah. want to stick with what we know. But but uh, and there's no wrong with that. But I, I I like to change things up. I like to try different <laughs> things. So sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Although, it's good, it's good I like to learn. To isn't it? Yeah, although strangely enough, I normally once I got my podcasting set up set, I, I like to leave that alone. I know a lot of other podcasters like to go in fiddling every week. Guy Sell, <laughs> oh, yeah, comes, comes to mind. Bless him. But uh, yeah, but uh, no, I, I I like to stay with, with things at least audio wise. But uh, yeah, Affinity, I, I do love that. I do love, and I do wonder how when Affinity Designer is going to come out on the iPad as well. Yeah, which is yeah. there. Yeah, because that's that's an also an amazing piece of software. It certainly is. Right. So, what what are we going to do about news this week, Alan? Because make some up. There was a little. <laughs> there was a little bit of news, but nothing really, you know, giant or anything. It, it just. It just. It's one of those weeks where because there's no real concrete news after WWDC and the announcement of iOS 11 and, and High Sierra and everything else, it, we've just gone back to rumours. Yeah. And we've gone back to rumours and conjecture and opinion. And I have to, I have to I, again, I have to start asking myself, is it worth reading any of these <laughs> things? We got, we see, we started off in the week. I, I think this was last week, actually, where Joshua Topolsky, I don't know, do you know who Joshua Topolsky is? I certainly do. A hipster about town. Yeah, he was. I think he he was on the verge back in the day, and then he yeah. was stint on TV. Uh, he's a well-known um, tech pundit guru. I, I don't I don't want to call him. I've got a few names, but I'm sort of tech kind of journalist, polite. I suppose, an entrepreneur. Yeah. Maybe he likes to think of himself as. Started a few uh, these online news sites, hasn't he? In his time, yep. that's it. And then moves on to something else. Yeah. But he, he sent out a tweet, uh, a couple of tweets about the new iPad and iOS 11. It's, it's inferior to a laptop in almost every way, unless you like to draw. And that seemed to kick off a Twitter storm. <laughs> yeah. And opened up the age-old argument, uh, which we had a few years ago, about can an iPad replace a laptop? And and again, it's it's like a lot of these tech pundits are... No, not pundits. We've got to leave pundit, the word pundit out. We're going to say reporters. Yeah. Right? And this is a problem I've got with a lot of reporters at the moment, is they're no longer reporting. They're sharing opinions, yeah. which is not reporting. So a lot of them are reporting that it will not do 
It will not replace a laptop. But then how would they know? Maybe it will not do it for them. But yeah. for I can guarantee you it can do it for a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. It can replace it. They're not, not good enough, are they, at dissociating themselves from their opinion piece? So like they, they're not really considering their audience. They're just considering their own potential usage of these devices. I said, yeah, and I'm noticing this. This this used to be this used to be not so prevalent. It used to not be as prevalent as it seems to today. But now, because of things like Twitter and podcasting and, and and YouTube, these people seem to have a bigger voice than they used to. I mean, maybe that's only because this little bubble I I like live in when it comes to technology. I'm I'm spotting them more, and I see their opinion spread more. I'm sure if you ask my mates down the pub who are not into technology, they'll they have no idea who this person is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough, because uh, they could name some footballers, and I go who? But uh, <laughs> but it it just seems really annoying, and and because they seem to have so much gravitas to everything they say, and I just think it's why why have you got this gravitas? It's it's pointless. It's opinion. Opinion is is good for one person. You. Right, yeah. and just because you have an opinion, it doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to agree with it. And I then, so then you get into the whole basis. Well, what's the point of reporting it? What's the point of reading it? Yeah, uh, especially when they go off on long some long diatribe about <laughs> some nonsense. And it's, and I know I'm falling for it because I normally read the first paragraph and think this is an opinion piece. Move yeah. next next one. Why am I bothering? And I don't know. I think this is this is indicative of what's the problem with the press. In yeah. a larger, in a larger view of it at the moment, because I was thinking about this today, right? As I was driving around, I was listening to a news a news broadcast on on I think it was LBC, and the actual news itself, the actual five minutes, hear the headlines, blah blah blah, was fine. It was just doing here is here is this person, this is what they did, this is the outcome, this is what we expect it to happen. Next story, blah 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 blah, and that's all fine. And then we got to the show that followed it. Well, it's the same story, but now it's opinion. Now mm. it's opinion, and everybody gets to have their say. But now, <laughs> and as soon as someone important gets to have their say, that becomes news, mm-hmm. which then gets added to the mix, which then becomes nonsense. You know, it just yeah. convolutes the whole yeah. story. What they said becomes the news rather than the core news. Exactly. I mean, that's in the bigger picture. Now, I'm just focusing on on the tech industry at the moment. Like, I've got, I've got um, pundits and reporters who... I've respected for years, and I've followed their career ever since I got into this. And at some point, most of them go off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it, I don't know if it, they get you know full of their full of themselves or or what. I'm not. I'm not really sure. Well, it's just I crazy. It probably all comes from the blogger culture, doesn't it? Because a lot of these um, sort of tech journalists, in particular, they started off as as you know opinionated bloggers that's all what it was all about wasn't it the internet gives you the power to to broadcast your opinion to the world well, you know why not everyone knew it was clear the context was clear it's your blog it's your opinion off you go and but as they become proper in inverted commas journalists they kind of still follow that same style but it's got the the dressing of journalism now which is, which is not a really good not a very good fit yeah, I do wonder what, what their editors are doing sometimes, I guess. Because mm. <laughs> I'm thinking, why are you letting this stuff through? I mean, there was a piece in The Guardian uh, last week about 10 years, 10 years after the launch of the iPhone. Yeah. And I've got no problem with this piece because at the very top, it says opinion, an opinion piece by John Norton. Yeah. Um, and somewhere towards the bottom, I just want to find this paragraph because it made me laugh. Where is it? Da, 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 da. It's a pocketball slot. What's he going on about? 
Let's see. But at the same time, smartphones are also surveillance devices made in hell. Pocketable slot machines using GPS chips to track one's every move, click, swipe and shake. And some of the apps that run on them are tailor-made vehicles for stalking, bullying, harassment and theft. To the point where parents who give smartphones to young children ought to be prosecuted for neglect. (laughs) God dear. Now, (laughs) that's his opinion. And he's entitled to it, however much, you know, I, I, I personally think that's incorrect. But it's, it's clearly labelled up an opinion mm. piece. So that's fine. But then you'll get people who review stuff or have sent review models or, or software and stuff like this. And then they don't actually review it. They just give their, oh, well, this is rubbish because it doesn't do exactly the thing I want it to do. And it's not. Yeah. You see more and more, even in like print newspapers these days, more and more um, photographs of the author in the byline, don't you? To start personalising it all the time. You think, I don't care who you are, what you look like. (laughs) Give me some news. They've become almost like opinion magazines now instead of newspapers. Mm. And also, I'll tell you, nothing it doesn't. Sorry about this, listener, if you think I'm going on a bit. <laughs> this is, by the way, this is definitely an opinion piece on my behalf, so you don't have to agree with it. But uh, Apple News hasn't really done me any favours. I mean, it has in a way that it's given me access to a load of different sources. Yeah. But the problem is, and I think I've said this before, is it surfaces them in just the same format. So some little blogger, because he puts a keyword of Apple, iPhone, I don't know, iPhone 8 or something in his in his tags or whatever, gets just as much prominence as something from, I don't know, off the top of my head, iMore or something like this. And, and, and that's a problem. And you don't necessarily spot that until you're halfway through the article or you open up the article and you read the first paragraph mm. and there's about three typos straight away. Yes. <laughs> so, so who do you – I mean – the problem I'm facing at the moment, trying to find stories for this show and various other things I do, is is sources. Who who do you now trust in in the in the Apple ecosphere when it comes to getting news? What sources do you trust nowadays? Well, I, I do subscribe to most of the sort of famous tech sites uh, via um, Feedly and um and many of the same ones actually in, in Apple News. So they surface along with all the. I get my um, my normal. Uh, national and international news through Apple News. So I subscribe to things like The Guardian, The Independent, things like that, BBC, obviously, um, and a load of tech stuff. But my um, my RSS-type browsing is all uh, tech blogs, really. And I, th- I must admit, um, you, you see a block of articles come in because something happens in the world, some, in the world of Apple, and then <laughs> guaranteed an hour later, you've got almost 10 identical stories from different sources about the same thing and it's interesting to see the different ways they they tackle them there's definitely a rush to be first and then after that there's um a lot of kind of copying goes on really without uh backwards uh, accreditation either um but i don't know which ones do i tend to favor i quite i quite like uh apple insider actually um i'm always good although it's a bit (laughs) it's a bit full of itself at times but you can't it's got go on yeah i'm all i'm all decided to stop reporting the news on a daily basis mm. uh, about half a year ago or something like that. Yeah, it's uh, mostly so now, and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, so they concentrate, unfortunately, more on features and, and, and like, Pokemon, it seems to me, oh, more than yeah, anything yeah, else yeah. at the moment, I, which I was a real I shame, I thought. But. Yeah, yeah. They still do some good in-depth sort of how-to stuff, lots yeah. of uh, screenshots and lots of you know, moving GIFs and things like that. Absolutely. I mean... See, I'm really stuck now. I, I mean, I go, I get some news from MacWorld. I get some from iMore because no, normally when there's a big controversy, Rene Ritchie does 
go into it and tries to expose mm-hmm. what's going on. Jason Snell, I normally follow. Um, yeah, but yeah. like I say, there's, there's some people who I used to follow. I don't want to mention names because it's not really fair. Because who am I to judge? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what they do for a living. It's nothing to do with me. But uh, yeah, some people have just gone so off the rails, or they try and be so neutral. But but what they now offer is is I feel kind of pointless. Um, you know, when we when I'm trying to find out about what Apple is doing, I don't necessarily care what Google or Microsoft are doing because I'm mm-hmm. not. If I wanted to find out what they were doing, I'd go and look at a Google blog or or a show or a Windows show. I don't care. Mm. Um, but uh, but some people feel that need to address that balance, and I just. I believe if you're doing a general tech show, that's fine. If you're doing one based on Apple, it should normally be concentrated on Apple. If you're doing it on Google, concentrate on Google. I mean, that just makes sense to me. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's just I just find it off-putting. Uh, and again, yeah. of course, we had a nas- massive amount of rumors come up this week about supposed iPhone 8 Pro or whatever we're going to call it um, from uh, Ming-Chi Qu- <laughs> uh, Kuo again. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's the reporting on it is is shocking because some he puts out his little note to his investors, which is fair enough. It's his job, you know. He gets his word from the from the production line, apparently. Yeah. But they never really know what they're working on. It's just speculation. Mm-hmm. But he puts out his notes to his investors so they can plan ahead and, and where they want to put their cash in a few months' time. But yeah. it's, it's never it's never reported like that. No, no. it's kind of. It's reported as gospel. This is what's going to happen. Have yeah, Apple they, lost their mind? They treat uh, Ming-Chi Kuo as, as some sort of um, uh, oracle on this stuff, don't they? Really? <laughs> but, it, but in fact, he's, he's wrong as often as he's right. And uh, yeah, often he's right about a little bit of detail. But like you said earlier, some of these suppliers, they only know about their particular piece of a phone or a gadget or whatever. They don't know about the bigger picture. And so, you know, you're trying to extrapolate a, a bigger story from some, some, some minor detail about a, a piece of screen technology is often a, like a fool's game, really. Yeah, I mean, so his point was, the point that he brought up and all the bloggers jumped on top of, was the fact that Apple is apparently not going to use Touch ID. They're going to get rid of Touch ID on the brand top-of-the-range iPhone 8 Pro, whatever we're going to call it. Uh, and they're going to go with facial recognition instead. Yeah. Does that seem... <laughs> very, very dubious, I think, this. Considering just on uh, WWDC that we just had, they make a big deal about the fact that Apple Pay is now going to be peer-to-peer and, mm-hmm. and it's going to scroll into more banks all the time. But now they're going to take that feature out of it because mm-hmm. it's all done by Touch ID, and instead it's going to be done on your face. Now, uh, these agreements with the banks over Apple Pay, they're all going to be predicated on, on the secure uh, input of you know the intention of a person to pay something and that that's been you know approved by many many banks with this with this touch id technology it works a treat and it? it's perfect in many ways so i don't think apple are gonna risk that are they, they couldn't risk it could they they couldn't uh, I, I don't see as they could come up with a uh, an equally secure facial recognition solution that would satisfy the banks to uh, to allow them to continue to do all this Apple Pay stuff. Because I think the key thing that's missing, as far as I can tell, okay, maybe they've got some clever software, some some clever AI and some clever camera trickery that can see your face from multiple angles and all that sort of stuff. But how do how do you signal your intent to pay something? For example, well, you're going to have to wink at it or something. I mean, what's to stop a you know some crook um, just grabbing your phone, pointing at your face, and running off? Would that be enough to open it? You know. I think the, the importance of you personally putting your thumb on your home button 
or you know invisible home button under the screen maybe in the future and pressing to show intent is a key part of all of this i don't know how they're going to manage to uh, to do something similar with a with a pure facial yeah. recognition exactly i mean i got sim- i mean i the case in point why i use it the most is is on uh, london transport yeah. you know i walk under a station I, I i tap the phone to the little scanner with my thumb on on the button bing i'm in I don't want to walk towards it, hold it up to my face, then pull it down to the... It, it, it just seems weird. Now, yeah. there's always the possibility that Apple might have come up with some way of authenticating, but I, I, mm-hmm. it just seems weird to me. And it, I, again, it's conjecture, yeah. but it's not reported as such. What he's saying is that with this new OLED screen in the iPhone 8 you know, Plus, whatever it's going to be called, Pro, um, they can't. they've got some technical barrier that's preventing them from putting a a, a, t- a home button under the screen which is what they would clearly intend to do i think that's what they'd love to do in it put a put a virtual home button under the screen so it's only visible when you need to see it or it, and it works when it needs to work but it doesn't otherwise spoil the beautiful piece of glass that johnny <laughs> i wants um so maybe that maybe that's what's true maybe they have come up with a, a technical barrier which would be really disappointing to all concerned i'm sure but I don't think that then you make the next leap to the solution that says, oh, it's okay, though, they're going to do it all with face recognition. I mean, what happened yeah, to all those stories I... about, um, about a Touch ID button on the back of the phone, for example? Maybe that plan B is going to have to come back. Or maybe, like um, on the new MacBook Pros with Touch Bar, maybe the screen isn't the whole picture on the front of the phone. Maybe there is a little... Uh, you know, a little control strip, a little function bar on the phone that looks like it's part of the screen but isn't. And maybe a different supplier is building that. Maybe that's got Touch ID built in. I mean, who knows? How can he extrapolate such a major story from such a little detail? Yes. And also, um, uh, Mark Gurman of Bloomberg, Bloomberg also put his, like, <laughs> Tuppence yeah. worth in as well. Sort of Similar. <laughs> yeah, and it's a shame because he seems to have lost his contacts, <laughs> I can say. Yeah, <laughs> he used to be he used to be like white hot on these tips and rumors and stuff, and ever since yeah. he's moved to Bloomberg, it's totally dried up. <laughs> yeah, part of that story last week about Apple um, getting you know doubling down on um, secrecy, and they got that squad of ex uh, sort of uh, security agents, haven't they, hunting down internal leakers in the company? There was talk that uh, some of the leakers that got sacked were Mark Gurman's sources. So that's why he's dried up. Oh dear, oh dear, it's plausible. It's, uh... It's it's always plausible. We never know. We don't know what's going on. I mean, I've got no insiders or any of this knowledge. This is why I don't do news. This is why I'm forced to do opinion. You haven't got any little birdies. Yeah, but I've got to be honest about it. You know, we are are an opinion show. We've always been an opinion show. Most of the podcasts I know and listen to pretend, you know, acknowledge that they're opinion shows. There's a few that try and pass themselves off as news, but it's not really. But, you know. Yeah. But then I don't think. I don't think the medium really lends itself to news. It's literally lends itself perfectly to opinion. Whereas mm. the written, you know, written text is normally immediate and here's some breaking news. Maybe it's just me, maybe because I'm old fashioned and that's mm. how I look at these things. But uh, more and more, more and more, especially on a week like this, where there is an absolute dearth of news, <laughs> real news, <laughs> um, it really becomes painfully obvious, unfortunately. Yeah, but, but then the business model of a lot of these sites, it just needs people to click and eyeball their articles, doesn't it? They've got to see the ads yeah. that surround the articles. Did you see that um, that article that somebody, or it might be a blog post that somebody did this week, where they, they trawled around a couple of um, really quite famous news sites 
and highlighted with a red pen. Um, the he had a, a long form article which was spread over maybe four four or five pages. You had to click to see the next page, and he circled in red all of the bits which weren't actually the article. They were either banner headlines, yes. they were yeah, they were sidebar ads, and and they were ads that videos that just appear in the middle of a paragraph that kind of thing and it was absolutely when it was highlighted that way absolutely terrible wasn't it there must yes. be must be 10 or 15 percent worth of the actual article on each page and everything else was an ad or a banner or something else no wonder people don't bother reading these long articles anymore no exactly that's exactly that's exactly right so this is why when they get one sliver tiny little piece of information they expand it they yeah. try and bring in old relevant for example did you see the one about apple and hertz cars yes oh dear. so so the background of this now i'm not going to get it exactly right because again it's a nonsense story so apparently alphabet and uh, i can't remember what car dealership they went with but they're trying to they're doing some venture together where they're going to hire or get a lease a load of cars to do some autonomous stuff apple decided to lease some cars from 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 hertz mm-hmm. and this got into bloomberg as a major joint venture thing and it turns out they'd leased eight six cars yeah yeah that and it had nothing to do with anything they were just like an or, any yeah. ordinary customer leasing some cars exactly but that became <laughs> some big deal on bloomberg that pushed yeah. hertz price up stock yeah. price up that's quite I mean, irresponsible I mean, isn't I, it? Why Why are not the investigatory powers, you know, when I watched Wall Street all those years ago, if something like dodgy trading goes on, there's that bloke goes, hmm, we better look into this. And at the end of the movie, Charlie Sheen gets arrested. Spoiler alert. But <laughs> why doesn't anything like this seem to happen with these tech companies? Yeah. Or reporting on them anyway. It's crazy to me. Oh, dear. Uh, I saw another piece as well. <laughs> just, just to point out. Again, this is what my week's been full up with, with, with not doing anything. It's, it's great, isn't it? And now I've said that, I've lost the flipping piece that I was about to read out. Oh, <sighs> oh here we go. So the Mashable done a piece about eventually iPod, AirPods would be put, put in with iPhone sales. Hmm. Why? Why not? As, <laughs> as far as I can tell from this, this article. So, yeah, so I quote, before you get too excited, remember the emphasis is on someday. For our recent project that imagines the iPhone of the future... We predicted Apple would do this by 2020, <laughs> but it could be earlier or sooner. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just a filler piece, isn't it? It's like, we haven't, yeah. we haven't had enough articles today. Get one written. <laughs> what about? I don't know. Just make it up. But I'm, uh, what's earlier or sooner mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I didn't notice that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, well, what can I say? I mean, I don't know. I, I probably I, should I be so down on on, on our tech press? Should I be <laughs> on, down on these people? I, I, you know they're not they're not Woodward and Bernstein, that's for sure. Yeah. So, um, but do they know that <laughs> they've, they've got to fill their pages? They've got to get their clicks. So let's leave them to it for a while. Did you see that? Um, you did see, didn't you? That we talked about it. That I more have uh, posted an article about what would you like to see in iOS twelve? <laughs> you said that's normal practice true. for them. Yeah. It is, because they, they put a placeholder in, and then they <laughs> fill it in throughout the year as they get information. But It's almost like they're pa- yeah. parodying themselves, though, isn't it? Like, iOS 11 goes into beta. Let's have an article about what you'd like to see in iOS 12. <laughs> <laughs> now, I shouldn't be too complacent, because you know, I've done this is the 120th show, and all my information comes from various blogs and stuff like this. It's just, it's just getting harder and harder to find. <laughs> 
to find stories that are, that have any meaning to them uh, and not just and also i try as you said earlier i try and go back to find who the original story came from and that's not always easy to do because some of the more reputable ones say as seen in you know, they'll list a, a publication or a website but some of them don't they'll just pull it out as their own story and yeah. it's shocking it's just copy and paste journalism and like i say i think it's indicative oh, I think it's indicative of a bigger problem at the moment in the world. Mm. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, you're talking uh, <laughs> that article about um, AirPods, whether or not they'll be included in the box yep. sooner or mm-hmm. earlier, <laughs> or maybe later. <laughs> Who knows? Um, and I've seen a lot of AirPods around now. Something's happened. I, I see four, <laughs> five, six, seven, eight pairs. <laughs> oh, yeah, they are in stock now because people are buying them. And you see them in the supermarket and everywhere. They're really catching on. Have you have you splurged yet? I haven't yet, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm I am pretty tempted. I have to admit, <laughs> they are they are great things. I know a few other people now have bought them and uh, they're loving them. I, the craziest thing to me is Barry Gentleman, former host of the show. He went and mm-hmm. got an Apple Watch. I never thought that would happen. Wow, that's how it happens, isn't it? You buy your first he's one. Doing, and then... <laughs> he's doing his rings and everything now every day, and he's you know he was quite happy the other day to say. I've just sent you this talking to my watch. That's a <laughs> <Yeah>. message. <laughs> That's going to be uh, but, um, the, the iPhone of the future, isn't it? I think it's going to be a combination of your watch and your, your AirPods, really. It is, it is these little things that we... They do get you bit by bit. Every time they bring out something, the, the detractors can point it and go, ha-ha, look, that's stupid. But if you're already in that ecosphere, every little thing builds on another thing before it. So you do get value. But I can see the other side of the argument as well. Where I know. I think probably... What the hell? Garrick is the real star of... What the... Where's that started playing from? <laughs> I've not opened any window. <laughs> oh dear. Who's Garrick? <laughs> anyway. But yeah, uh, in, you know, these things build on each other and they become more and more valuable and they all link in and stuff. I mean, you know, you got an iPad Pro and then you went and got a pencil straight away virtually. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So they've got your hook, line and sinker. Oh, I just, you know, I'm waiting to buy my, my sound pod now or home pod or whatever it's called. Yeah. Home pod. We need to learn a lot more about that. I think before it becomes a compelling purchase. Gotta... Well, so does everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause they're obviously still working on, we're obviously going to hear more about this yeah. come the September event, but, um, cause they were just literally showing off the hardware really at this, the WWDC. Yeah. So they're obviously still working on software, which is probably why we didn't get much in the information about Syria or anything like this, yeah. apart from that flash screen that came up. Yeah, exactly. That um, what- Amazon show thing is out now, isn't it? And it's mm-hmm. not, not very, getting very good reviews from the ones I've seen. It's almost universally bad. Yeah, but again, I get, again, I've, when I listen to the people who are reporting on it, it's very myopic because they're all saying like, oh, yeah, I sit at my desk and I'm trying to work and it's distracting me all the time. Mm. But I'm thinking, but it's not aimed at you. It's aimed at, you know, someone can do, a family can do video chat with their relative, maybe off in a, another state or another part of the country or a different country altogether. Hmm. And it just makes it easier to get in touch with your folks. You know, I, go, I went around to my dad today and he asked me how to set up Plex because I'm, I'm swear he's losing his marbles. He doesn't know how to first pull it to HDMI 2, then turn on Apple TV, then go to Plex. Oh, yeah. That's three steps, but it's too hard for him. Yeah. So, you know, as, as he lives miles away from me, the ability of something like that, 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 uh, that Echo device 
to uh, just call him up and see if he's okay. Yeah. It's fantastic. And it's that outweighs any of the any fact that, oh yeah, as I'm sitting there trying to work, type out my nonsense articles, it's it's flicking across and distracting me. Mm. Well move it then. <laughs> <laughs> that that does seem to be its unique feature. It's the bit that's most controversial as well, isn't it? That so called drop in thing where you can just sort of almost like start up a call unannounced and start talking to your remote relative or whatever. I mean if they market that right, it has got some um some some definite use cases where it's going to be good but i am quite quite cynical about it i, I don't think it's going to be a successful device i mean for one thing it's a very ugly thing isn't it it's a, <laughs> a an ugly slab of plastic it looks like um a sort of a miniature version of a back projection tv from the sort of mm. 80s or something very ugly looking thing and the software okay they can improve the software but um well we'll see won't we we'll uh, we'll probably get a graph out of amazon with no axes on it saying how well it's doing <laughs> Oh yes, absolutely. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm kind of glad it didn't come out out here in the UK at the same time as it went, you know, in the US. Because I probably would have got one if it did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you are collecting the set, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do want everything. I want all these speakers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to get the the HomePod. Or is it the HomePod? Is it yeah. what's it called? HomePod. Right. <laughs> HomePod. It's, it's getting beyond me now. <laughs> oh dear! See, I'm getting. I'm, I'm 49 soon. I'm starting to lose my marbles. Let alone me dad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this is what we talk about, uh, guys. When when there's no apple, <laughs> <laughs> could be worse. Could be talking about genitalia or something. I don't know. But there you go. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I've literally got nothing else to talk about, Alan. <laughs> yeah, it's been one of those weeks, really. There's no no sense no sense in inventing stuff. So. We we'll just have a short show. <laughs> well, no, let's 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 think. What what do you um? So since you've got your new iPad Pro, mm-hmm. what are you using it for? What what have you discovered? It's perfect, perfect for. Because you used yeah. to have the what's you uh, an iPad two was it? Back iPad Air two. iPad Air two. I had yeah, and uh, I'm mean, I'm using it for all the same things, but it's it is noticeably uh, more powerful, noticeably more responsive, faster. I, I, I just feel I can trust it more. And the bigger screen, although it's only a, a little move from 9.7 to 10.5, it, it does make a world of difference. And because I've still got my Air, iPad Air 2, I sometimes go back to that. Like if I'm going to carry an iPad in my backpack, I'd take that one at the moment. And I feel very constricted on it now. It's amazing how much difference <laughs> that screen size makes. But um, in terms of what I'm doing on the on the big iPad, if it, you know, just normal, casual, round-the-house use, uh, uh, you know, consuming stuff i would be you know safari twitter that kind of thing as normal email obviously so nothing uh, particularly taxing there um i do like to mess around with sort of photo editing and things and um, that used to be something i would do on the mac because it was uh, slower more fiddly and so on on the ipad but now with affinity photo in particular and um what's the other one called uh Pixelmator as well, which now runs mm-hmm. against just so quickly on the new iPad. I find I can just do it on the iPad, no problem at all. But most of the um, usage I'm getting out of it is with uh, writing. So I'm writing some stuff, and I, you sort of use a combination of um, Scrivener and ByWord and some other. I like to play with software, so I often change text editors just for the fun, really. And I tend to use those. Um, the bigger keyboard helps. The on-screen keyboard is just a little bit bigger. That's absolutely fine. Although, to be honest, if I'm doing a serious writing session, I would use my um, Apple keyboard anyway as, as an external Bluetooth keyboard. So you get the full screen for for your, for your words. What, why are you writing nowadays then? Oh, not nothing technical. I'm doing like, uh, I'm doing a creative writing course. Ah, okay. And um, 
So as a result of that, we get like homework each week and it just inspires you to write write stuff. But it's mostly uh, fiction, actually. <laughs> so I'm just messing about and uh, creating stories out of my imagination. And I'm quite enjoying it. It's really quite, it's quite fulfilling, I have to say. And I'm doing it all on the iPad. I was determined uh, when I made when I started the course, I was going to do that the entire thing, whatever I needed to do, just on the iPad. And I've stuck to that. Um, yeah, it's working out really well. I don't play Are you many it? games. Although I've, I must have about a hundred games on my iPad. I've got about three hundred odd apps on it, and um, at least a hundred must be games. And I find I don't I don't tend to use them. I should delete them. Here's here's the thing I don't understand, right? Okay, so we went from the 9.7 iPad to the 10.5 iPad, okay? Mm. What's that? That's less, what's that, less than uh, an inch? Yeah, what is point, that? 0.8 of an inch. Right, yeah, everybody made a hoo-ha about the drastic difference in size. <laughs> Even I'm thinking, <laughs> but it can't be. But everyone was saying it is a drastic. However, then we come to the iPhone 7 Plus and the iPad mini, which is over two-inch difference. Yeah. But everybody's saying... Oh no, the iPad, the, sorry, the iPhone 7 Plus is so much bigger that you don't need an iPad mini anymore. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, but that's more of a difference. Because <laughs> <laughs> you put them together and I put them together all the time and there's a vast difference between the two. And yet they say one is obsolete because it's no, you know, the other one's invading on its territory. Mm-hmm. But I just, and it's the same people <laughs> yeah. from different sides of the court. Oh, it just drives me out the wall. <laughs> That is a good point. Yeah, you're right. Actually. This has been this week has been my version of angry Mac bastards. I tell you, what. <laughs> I'm so annoyed with the world at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. I wish that show would come back. I used to love that show. That was good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're still active yeah. on Twitter, aren't they? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. But uh, yeah, I do. So I, 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 I do want to get an iPad Pro 10.5 later in the year. Uh, even though I've got the bigger bigger version of it. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> I want it. That's the, that's the only reason I've got it. But, uh, yeah, it could be an expensive end of the year for me. Well, it's an expensive middle of the year for me so far, yeah. so let's face facts. The only um, the only issue I've noticed with the screen is, um, you know, it's got, like, much smaller bezels now. And yeah. uh, people were saying that, you know, Apple have done some clever software, so it does palm rejection and uh, you know grip rejection and so on so you won't accidentally uh, touch the edge of the screen when you didn't mean to well i, I find that i do actually occasionally and it's usually <laughs> um irritating when it happens because you know like say you're in um in a twitter timeline or something and you scroll way way down and you're following back in time as you go down all the tweets and you think all right i'll just uh, have a cup of me drinking me tea or something and you, you reach to pick up a mug and holding the iPad with, in one hand, in the other hand, I, I would just graze the top of the screen and that's enough to send it back to the top. Ah, oh, lost to my place, top. lost my place. And, uh, you know, that was an unintentional tap which wouldn't have happened on the iPad Air because of its bigger bezels. Mm. I mean, well, you know what that means. Go on. You're holding it wrong. <laughs> yes, of course. It's, it's all my fault, yeah. <laughs> all your fault. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I do... It's getting very positive reviews. Even if people, some some people are saying, "It won't replace a laptop." Well, yeah. I know it won't replace a laptop, but then it doesn't need to replace a laptop, as far as most people are concerned. So, no, no. I don't know. Yeah, they say it's got limitations. Well, to to ninety nine percent of the purchasers, it hasn't got any limitations at all because all they want to do is email and browsing and skyping their family, and that's it. So, and who's you know who says that's wrong? Yeah. Apart from these elitist people who review this nonsense, that, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. I don't know why it's a problem. But, uh, oh, 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 it just winds me up. 
Uh, well, um, well, I think that's pretty much <laughs> that's all we got to discuss really uh, this week. Unfortunately, hopefully, we'll be back next week with some proper news from reliable news services. Although, don't hold your breath, <laughs> but uh, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, yeah, so um, we've got no reviews this week once again. Oh, mind you, I don't blame you. So, <laughs> but if you do would like us to send us, if you would like to send us a review, please head on over to iTunes, search out for Mac and Forth, um, hit the submit a review button, give us some stars, write us a few words. We'd love to read them out on the show. Another way you can support us if you so wish is our Patreon page. Link will be in the show documentation. Thank you to everybody who has patronized us. That still sounds wrong <laughs> when you say it that way. Everybody who's helped us um, fund the show and keep all the back back office stuff working all the cogs turning greatly appreciated um and i think that's much it have you had i was going to say about an app i've been using but i'm really i'm not really sure about it at the moment have you heard about this monzo payment thing payment thing yeah it's like a credit card um it's like a modern day credit card or something i'm not sure i'm I'm in the queue for one at the moment Uh, what is it like a virtual card or something yeah Uh. i think you load it up Load it up and then instantly, because you, you know at the moment when you, you spend some money on your debit card, it takes a few t- days to appear yeah. on your statement. So this is instant apparently, and it works with your phone. Hmm. And so you can load it up and spend it uh, just like NFC payments and things like this, and they instantly appear. But I don't know. Matt signed me up for it or gave me a link for it. I'm, I'm just giving it a go, see what it's like. I'm not too sure. But oh. I, I can't review it yet because I haven't had you got it. Another thing that's annoyed me this week, strangely enough, three are doing away with my, my un, unlimited internet access. Oh, no. They're moving it from 25 quid a month, which usually you get as an add-on, and that used to give you unlimited data. And now, if you want unlimited data, it's 35 quid a month. Wow, that's a big, big difference. Yeah, yeah exactly. Now, so now I've got to start searching around for another mm. <laughs> data provider. What, what uh, bandwidth cap will they give you for your 25 then? I think it's 20 or 30 gig. Oh, God, that's enough, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how much I use or how much I stay within each month? No, go on. Two gig. Two gigabytes. Oh, really? Yeah, because oh, okay. it's, um, it's GIFGAF, um, £10 a month. That's all I pay, £10 a month for two gigabytes. Well, well I might have to look into them. But I think, um, uh, yeah, but- to be honest, you, you use your device mobile more than I do, so you probably wouldn't – you couldn't live within that, I don't think. But uh, but I do, oh, uh, without any problem. Okay, okay. Well, I'm out streaming music all day long or, or podcast or video. And, and yeah. I've got to do it one one month, see if I stay within my, my cat – amount now gets uh, but if i don't i'm gonna have to look elsewhere unfortunately yeah i'd have thought you'd be well okay with 20 or 30 gigabytes <laughs> you have you have no idea how much porn i watch in these laybys that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> oh right <laughs> so thank you very much alan where can we get hold of you sir well uh, just on twitter really storm gorelli good stuff you can get hold of me uh carl madden on twitter at claw 0101 you can get hold of the show if you so wish at mac and forth you can get hold of us you can email us if you want, uh, macandforth at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook and also on G+. If you want to send us a message to go, what the hell was that show about, <laughs> feel free. But uh, every now and again, it's good to point out what's what's bad with media. That's all. <laughs> and today was that show, I'm afraid. Um, yes, and I know we're just as bad as everyone else. So that's pretty much it for this week. Short show. Until next week, stay safe and be nice to each other. Bye. Bye. <laughs>